Hey, this is David Dearman. I'm the pastor at Memphis Tabernacle, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today. I hope that this message inspires you and builds your faith. I hope that it gives you fresh insight and strength to see God move in your life. Enjoy the message. Hey, I, I'm excited today. I get to bring the message. And uh, if you would pull out your word today, we'll have it up on the screen both here in person and online, but I'd ask you if you can go ahead and have your word ready. We're going to uh, start in Luke chapter 6 today, Luke chapter 6, and we're going to read verses 46 through, th- through 49, Luke 6, 46 through 49, I'm going to be reading out of NIV here today, and uh, again, we'll have those up on the screen, but it, it says this, why do you call me Lord, Lord? And do not do what I say. Verse 47, as for everyone who comes to me and hears my words and puts them into practice, I will show you what they are like. They are like a man building a house who dug down deep and laid the foundation on rock. When a flood came, the torrent struck that house, but could not shake it because it was well built. And verse 49 says, But the one who hears my words and does not put them into practice is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. The moment the torrent struck that house, it collapsed and its destruction was complete. Or some translations say it was very great. And so today I want to talk a little bit about a solid foundation. A solid foundation today. And uh, if anyone... We, we, I've got some pictures to show you too, and uh, the first one I want to show you is uh, a picture of a cracked foundation, and uh, you should see it here and online, and it's, it may be a little fuzzy, but you can see in different spots there's breakage, so the foundation is separated, it's broken, and uh, I thought it was interesting when I found this picture, there was a, a little caption that went with it. And it said, a homeowner's worst nightmare, which if you have a home or even if you own homes or rent them to somebody else or even if you rent it somewhere, you've probably fallen into a situation at some point where there's been a cracked foundation. And it's not good. And if you don't address it right away, it only gets worse and it only gets worse very quickly. <laughs> you got to take care of it and you got to take care of it now. Another uh, picture I wanted to show you today is uh, it's a diagram of a superstructure or what they would, uh, like a skyscraper as they build those. And uh, you can notice that uh, at the top of the picture, that's really from ground level up. And really, as the building goes higher and higher, the foundation has to go lower and lower, and it's got to be even spread farther out. And the reason being why is that as you go up, it's putting more strain on the foundation, and the foundation has to be deeper into that bedrock that's below in order to sustain that super tall structure. And uh, the same is true in our walk, in our life, that we have to have a spiritual foundation. And if it's not solid, what can happen is the storms of life come about, and as those storms come, It can actually leave cracks in our foundation. And if we don't address it, what does it say? It says the ruin of it 
is complete. It's like very great in that destruction. Here in uh, Luke chapter 6, as Jesus is saying these words, he is really speaking them to his disciples. And it's Luke's version or Luke's uh, viewpoint of the, what's called the Beatitudes. You find it in different chapters in the Gospels. And uh, here Jesus is talking to his disciples. It says that in verse 17 and verse 20. And in verse 20 it says, He looks at his disciples and he says... And he goes on to say some different things that are very, maybe very familiar. But down here in verses 46 through 49 is where I believe Jesus is starting to get into some very important key things for our spiritual life. It's not that other things don't matter because they do. But it also points to some things that we need to build. So there's a few things I want to just go over and talk about today as a solid foundation. Number one. Uh, is that I have a part in building. I have a part in building. So I, I don't know about you, but if you've ever observed a construction situation, a house or uh, a building of some kind, they don't just put the plans out there and then they go, okay, well, hopefully the building builds itself. Is that true? No, what has to happen, there's some kind of plan from an architect, our builder, they lay out the plans and then they hand it over to a a general contractor, that they either bring in different groups of people and then they build the building to the specifications. So the same is true in our spiritual walk that we do have a part in our walk to play. Now, we don't save ourselves, right? I can't save myself. I can only do that by calling out to Jesus and saying, Jesus, I need you. I need you. I can't save myself from my sins. And yet I do have a part in building and, uh, and I, and I want to ask the question, and I want you to ask the question of yourself, how's my work? How's my work? I don't know if you're handy or if you ever try things. I, I like to think of myself as handy. I, I think I'm pretty handy. But there's definitely things I've not done before. And uh, my wife and I, before we moved here to, to Memphis, Tennessee, to be a part of uh, Memphis Tabernacle, we lived in Minnesota, and we uh, had just started renovating what we have as a basement. Now, they're not very common here, but we had a basement level that was below ground in Minnesota in our house. And uh, all in the middle of remodeling that basement level is when we heard the Lord say, move to Tennessee. And you go, oh, my Lord Jesus, well, how are we going to do this? We look to you, but we don't have the, the money to pay all these crews to come in and to do this and that. And so we, we did have some help, and we had people come in and do different things, but a lot of the work fell on us. And one of those things was I, we had hired somebody to do our plumbing because not only were we remodeling, but we were adding a restroom in the basement where there was no plumbing. And if you ever do concrete work inside, it's bad. It's really, really bad. Just l let you know it's going to take about two years to get your house really clean. It, it, it takes a lot of work. But I found myself uh, doing some plumbing work, and I, I didn't know what I was doing, but I took a little step at a time, a little step. And so it reminds me, though, in my life and building, I know I have a part to play, and I have to stop and ask myself every once, how, how's my work doing? How am I doing with my part of the building? Because the Lord wants to save me. He wants to work in me. He has blessing. He wants to use me to reach other people, to lift other people, to encourage people. 
but I also have some steps in my life that I have to do. This is pointed out uh, in verse 46 where Jesus said to his disciples, why do you call me Lord, Lord? See, they were people that were associated with Jesus. They were already labeled as disciples, one that follows after. They were labeled as a disciple of Jesus. And he already was noticing something in some people. Hey, I see that you're already calling me Lord, but why aren't you doing what I ask you to do? And so the same is true in our life, that we have to stop every once in a while and we have to check. There's a confession that we have to make with our, with our mouth, right? We have to use our word. I need you, Jesus, every day. I need your help. I need you. There's a confession. It even says in Romans chapter 10 and verse 9 and 10, it may be familiar to you, but it says, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, it says you will be saved. But it goes on to say, for it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it's with your mouth that you profess, that you confess your faith and are saved. So salvation is found in two places. It's in our heart, it's in our belief, and it's also in our mouth as we say it. And so the same is true. I have a part in building and how's my work? Every once in a while I have to stop and go, am I confessing? Am I saying, Lord, I need your help? The flip side of that, in our spiritual foundation, our spiritual house, we have construction that has to go on. So that's that part of confession and construction that we both have to do, right? Again, it's like a general contractor just saying, well, those are really good plans. Well, he's paid to actually build something and to construct it. And so for us too, we have both our confession and our construction. Because Jesus said in uh, verse 47, as for everyone who comes to me and hears my words and puts them into practice. So there's a part that we have to play. We have to actually come to Jesus. We have to hear what he says. And then what, is he, what does it say? You have to actually do it. You can't just go, wow, that's really good. Oh, I hear that. Oh, that sounds so good. But to really be a disciple of Christ, to have that foundation built in our life, we have to follow through. We have a part to play. And, uh, you know, it, it does take work. It's not always easy. And sometimes you got to talk to yourself. And you, does anybody else talk to yourself? Okay, that's good, and guess what? You're not that crazy. You're really not, right? I talk every once, you know, sometimes you're around either kids or a spouse or family member or just friends, and they go, sorry, what did you say? And you have to go, oh, no, sorry, I'm just talking to myself, because I do. I talk a lot to myself sometimes. And so we have to confess, and we have to also come and put those things into practice. In uh, Joshua chapter 1, verses 7 and 8, and again, this may be familiar to you, but it says, be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. And Joshua uh, records this. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night. Come, hear so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. 
Sometimes we like to look at buildings or other people, let's say, and we look at them and they go, man, why, do they, why are they so put together? Why do they always have the best things? And, and sometimes it actually has to start with us where we go, Lord, I'm not going to look at that. What do you want to work in me? What do you want to work in me? What do you have for me that you need to build in me? Those were the words Moses gave to Joshua in the, and again recorded in the book of, of Joshua. Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Keep it always on your lips. What do we have to do? We have to keep that confession going. And as we confess and then we step in to say, okay, Lord, here I am. What do you want to do in me? How do you want me to operate? What do you have for me today? Lord, uh, give me opportunities to bless other people. Give me opportunities to interact and encourage and uplift someone today. And so there's a part that we have to come through. And we can't just come to Jesus and we can't just hear him, which are, those are very two important things. But we also have to put them into practice and we have to do them. Secondly, from this scripture in Luke chapter 6, uh, verses 46 through 49, we know that I will face storms. You will face storms. Uh, if, you, if you ever thought that being a believer just solved everything and you're never going to have any issues, any problems, anything like that, I'm sorry to disappoint you, but you're going to have some struggles in life. You're going to have some struggles in life. And so for even me today, I will face storms. And the question that I want to ask you and maybe you would ask yourself is, how's my foundation? And you go, well, what does my foundation have to do with the storms? What does my foundation have to do with the storms? If we go back to those pictures earlier, remember, there's the cracked one. Over time, the foundation was broken. It needed to be addressed. And, and the superstructure where they had to build down so deep in order to support the height or the width of that building. The same is true for us. When storms come, when we face things in life, we have to ask, is my, is my foundation sturdy? Is it ready to sustain, really, any of the storms that come? One of the questions that I want to ask myself, and perhaps you can ask yourself too, is, uh, did I give proper time to my foundation? Did I give proper f time to my foundation? You know, there's, when, when you're building a building, uh, you can't rush a foundation. If you rush a foundation, it will end up going very poorly for you. I remember uh, when I was younger, I lived out in L.A., California, was going to school, and uh, at the school, I worked on the maintenance team, and uh, we're building a brand new building there. And it was a solid, uh, solid cement foundation slab that they laid for this very large building. And for months and months and months ahead of time, they would dig one side before they laid the foundation. They would dig up the ground, put all of that earth in a big pile, and it would just sit there for a couple weeks. And you go, man, what is taking so long? And then they would take that pile and they would move it back and then they would dig the other side up and do the pile on the other side and they would leave it. And what they were doing is they were preparing the ground and trying to make sure that there was no faults below it, no sinkholes, no places where it would 
shift because if they laid that cement foundation without digging deep that foundation and making sure it was solid and firm, they could lay that super expensive concrete and what would happen after a little bit of time? It would break in half and you're done. Forget it. Kiss your $2 million building goodbye because of that crack in the foundation. So it takes time and it takes preparation. Uh, one of my favorite examples, and sometime you would maybe watch it, is uh, on a, a little show called Veggie Tales. And in, in one of the episodes of Veggie Tales, they actually talk about this story. They talk about the foundation and, and they show the, the one builder that was like, no, nah, I don't need to do that. And he just lifted up his home real quick. And he was like, perfect, I'm spending all this time. And he's looking out at the other builder building that foundation. He doesn't even have a home yet. Well, what happens is the storms come through. And because the first one just put up the structure without a firm foundation, the storms come through and just wipe out the building. And then what happens when the building gets wiped out? That one goes to the other one and says, let me in, let me in, it's storming out here. And he goes, you should have built your foundation. Because when the storms come, if there's no foundation, your house will be ruined. It can be totally destroyed. And it takes, a foundation requires time, and it requires taking no shortcuts. If you take a shortcut, it will come about at some point. There will be an issue with that structure if you take a shortcut. And so it does take time. We cannot wait until the storms come to start building our foundation and our house. Do you know that? You can't go, oh, let the storms of life come, and then you go, oh, Jesus, I need you. And you weren't spending time building your foundation. It takes a consistent time in life of walking through and building your foundation. It's not always easy. Sometimes we want to rush it. Sometimes we want to look ahead. Well, where am I going to be? What am I going to be doing? Why can't I just get through this thing? Why can't I be dot, dot, dot? And the Lord is trying to help you work on your foundation. He's trying to build a firm foundation so that your house does not get swayed by the storms of life. Another question that I like to ask myself is, did I take any shortcuts? Am I taking any shortcuts? Back to that earlier uh, part about my work, and if I'm doing some work and I go, no, nah, I don't want to spend the time, what happens later on? You can see when you rushed that work. And uh, that, that is a little bit of a pet peeve of mine when I look at things and I go, ah, oh, and you can come into a place and probably even my own home and uh, there's things that I've worked on and, and people could probably come in and not, not even notice it, but I notice it because I was the one working on it and I look back and I go, oh, I should have used that extra day. I should have used that extra time to really properly get it done. I don't want to take any shortcuts. Uh, I have a couple more pictures that I want to show you before I, I go on. And, and one of them is one that really sparked my interest, and this is a while ago. And uh, the, the caption on it, hopefully, will come up here. And I don't, we'll, we'll let it show up and online, you'll see it. But basically, the caption reads, 
when you hire the lowest bid for the job. Now, I don't know, and, and just leave that picture up here and online, the, the lowest bid for the job. I, I don't know about you, but whenever you go to do work, it's a good idea to get a couple bids. Anybody know that? You, you try and go, well, I'm going to have somebody else and come, come out of here and tell me how much they're going to charge me. Because they, it may seem reasonable, and they say, yeah, this is going to take uh, $10,000 to do. And you go, well, that seems reasonable. And somebody else may come, and they say, no, nah, we can do that for $8,000. Oh, really? Okay. And then you, you could find another bid, and they could say, oh, yeah, we could do that for 1000 bucks." Really? Awesome. I'm going to do that. And this picture is really an example of the, of the you take the lowest bid. And I don't know if you can see it. Hopefully online it's a little easier, but here you can look at it and instead of the bricks being straight across and the mortar, you know, filling the different bricks and it being complete and a solid, can you see there's literally bricks going angles and ups and downs and you can see like movement in the bricks and I can tell you in that situation that is the lowest bid that they picked, and that, that's what you get, right? Yeah, it was cheap, but you didn't really get what you wanted. And, and, a, and again, it, it may be a, a simple picture. The next picture I want to uh, show you, too, I thought this was kind of comical, uh, but it, it's a, a picture, I believe. We should have it. Here you go. Now, now this is a picture of somebody's cracked foundation in their lower part of their, their crawl space. And now it's kind of humorous. It's not going to do anything, but they literally have a Band-Aid laying across the crack. Like that's going to solve it, right? Like a Band-Aid's going to solve that cracked foundation. And really, the reason I, I bring those pictures just to show them again is, is to look back at ourselves and say, how's my foundation doing? I, did I take the lowest bid? <laughs> did, did I cut corners? Or am I showing signs of cracks and breakage? And let me just put that bandaid on there and maybe it'll work. Maybe I'll just put a little bit of caulking in that crack and it'll be good, right? Well, guess what? No, because that crack, it goes deep. And putting a little bit of surface cover is not going to restore that broken foundation. Uh, third thing I wanted to, to mention today is really ju uh, just this. I can flourish, but the question, how do I do it? I believe that each of us, that the Lord has not set you up. He's not trying to put you in a place to take you out at the, the legs and go, man, I told you, you should have you done that. You should have been working on this or that. I don't believe the Lord is... That way, I believe the Lord is really the one there going, come on, you can do it. He's that parent on the sideline of a sports game when your child clearly is not gifted in sports. And what happens? That parent is still there cheering, you can do it, score the goal, you can do it. And it just doesn't quite happen. But I believe that the Lord's like that with us, with you. Wherever you're at in life, don't discount your life. Don't discount where you're at today. I believe the Lord is there cheering for you and he wants you to flourish. And just the simple question of, well, how do I do it? How can I flourish? And I believe it, it, it starts simply. In Colossians chapter two, 
Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 to 7, it says this, And now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. So the question of, well, how can I, how can I flourish in life? How can I live and be who God has called me to be? I believe it starts simply. It's not complicated. It's not difficult. He's not looking for you to be all put together. If he was, I would be in trouble. I would be in trouble. I don't know about you, but I know the state of my own heart, and I know who I am, and I know the things that I struggle with, and I know the things that I have to keep working on. And so if I looked at myself, I'd probably discount myself both in just in life or in ministry or anything like that. And so the Lord wants so much more for us. It says, just as you accepted Christ, I believe it starts with accepting him. Even if you've already accepted Christ, do it again today. Just open your heart and say, I look to you today. My heart is wide open to you today. To no other name, to no other person, I look to you today, O oh God. And it says, we must continue to follow him, right? We read in, in Luke chapter 6, anyone who builds a house on a solid foundation is a person that comes to Jesus, comes to him, hears what he says, and then does them, puts them into practice. The same is true for us. We have to continue to follow him. My encouragement that I want to encourage you with today is let your roots grow down into him like a tree. Like a tree, those roots that grow deep down into the soil and you can look at a tree and go man that's a really tall big tree and what happens it has to have roots that grow down very deep to get nutrients to get water from the ground but also to sustain the weight as it grows those roots have to grow down deeper and I want to say to you today let your roots grow down deep into Jesus don't hold back Wherever you're at in life today, go deeper with him. Go deeper. Don't shy away from what he has from you, but be open to say, whatever you have, I want it. I want it. Let your roots grow down into him deeply and let your lives be built on him. Again, that solid foundation. How do we do that? By coming to Jesus and hearing what he says and doing that. And then it says, then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness, right? The Lord told Joshua through Moses, be strong and of good courage, right? Be strong and of good courage. Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth, but meditate on it day and night so that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. And what does it say? When you've done it, when you're in doing what the Lord has for you to do, then you'll find success. Then you'll find his favor. You know, I think sometimes we look at a situation I know personally. I've been at times before when I've looked at other people and I've thought, 
Why can't I be like them? Why can't I have that? Why can't I have more? And I've really had to come back and notice that my heart really wasn't in the right place. Because the word says if we would seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. That's what Jesus said. In Matthew chapter 6, if you seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, what happens? All of these things will be added to you. What things? All of the things that the world goes after. Anybody who's looking for anything and what they go after, Jesus said they would be given to us. They'd be added to us. We'd have access to them if we would seek first God and his kingdom. So today as we ask, how can I flourish? How can I do it? I want to flourish. I don't know about you. I hope that's your heart, that you would continue to grow, that you would continue to prosper in what the Lord has for you, and don't discount where you're at. You may say, well, I'm just working a job. Then that's where the Lord has for you to be. Be the light. Be all that God has for you there. If you're in your family and you're with people that are unbelievers, be the light to them where you're at right now. Love them, care for them, honor them. Don't disrespect them. Don't yell at them. Honor them, and I believe the Lord will work through you. A few simple ways that we can flourish in life. How can we start? Just opening our Bible every day and reading it. Sometimes I know growing up, there would be times I would open it and I may not understand it and I go, well, there's nothing there for me. I promise you, if you open his word, the Lord will begin to speak to you. And I've had it where I've opened his word and I'm reading it and he'll tell me something different from, it has nothing to do with what I've read and I believe it's just because I opened his word and I encourage you, open his word, open it. Why would we open it? Because Jesus said, anyone who comes to me and hears what I say, how do we hear it? By opening his word. We open, uh, we hear it by, you know, gathering together or maybe getting online and hearing a message from somebody speak the word, the truth of God's word. So it starts by opening his word. Open your Bible and read it. And you go, well, I don't have time. Five minutes, I promise you, five minutes. Doesn't, you don't have to take hours. You may only have five minutes. Start small. Read one chapter. It won't take that long. Secondly, spend time in prayer every day. And, and prayer can be as simple as you're driving in the car and you just say, Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for what, I've, what I have, what I've been given. You might go, well, I don't have anything to be thankful for. I bet you have something to be thankful for. It might be as simple as saying, thank you, Jesus, for a new day. I woke up today and I have breath in my lungs today. I thank you, Lord, for that. And you can go on to just say, Lord, I need your help. Well, I don't know what to pray. Just start with his word. Jesus taught the disciples how to pray. Our Father who's in heaven, your name is holy. Your name is great. What did he teach them to go on to say? Your kingdom come and your will be done. That's a simple prayer that we can pray every day. I believe we need to also pray in the Spirit if, if you're not filled with His presence or His Spirit. We'd, we'd love to teach you how to do that and how to learn how to receive your spiritual language and how to commune with the Lord. But it's with our words and with our spirit that we commune with Him. And I believe something beautiful happens as we do that. 
We can also flourish, though, when we do life together with other people. Do life with other people. And you go, well, I just don't have time. Find somebody. You can meet with them online. We do it all the time. On Zoom, FaceTime, Messenger, do something. Open the word together and just say, what does that say to you? Just start that way. But do life together. Be checking on people. There's people right now that we could call, that we could go drive to their place, wherever they live, and try and find them and say, hey, how are you doing? What can we, can I pray for you today? How can I encourage you today? So I believe that the Lord wants us to flourish, but he also wants us to have a firm foundation so that as the storms of life come, we're not swayed by what's going on. You may look around in our world today, and man, our world is, it's messed up. (laughs) There's people hurting, there's people confused, there's people angry, there's people mad. Everything is going on. And I believe that if we do not have a firm foundation in today's world, that we will be swayed, we'll be moved, we'll be overwhelmed by all that's going on. So I want to encourage you, dig deep with the Lord. Don't, don't shortcut. Don't, don't take a shortcut. Spend that time that you need to be with him and in his word and praying. and Just let him love on you and you love on him and do life together with other people. You know, we'll, we'll say this. If you don't have a home church, we would love for you to be here. We know of a good one and it's, it's here. We're not perfect. We don't have everything together, but we promise you we'll do life together. And uh, if you're joining us online, if, if you continue to join us, we promise you, uh, stick with us, hang with us, and we believe that the Lord has something special for you in life. You know, today, we always want to give an opportunity to people. Uh, if you haven't ever said yes to Jesus, to say yes to him. And so we want to do that today. If you would just close your eyes here in this place and online. Open your hearts, though, and and be willing to say it again for the first time, even if it's a fresh time. But I'm just going to lead us, and if you would say something similar to the Lord, let's do it today. Jesus, we need you. We can't do life without you. You even told us that you are the vine, we are the branches, and apart from you, we can do nothing. And so today we confess with our mouth and we believe in our heart that you are Lord. And we say today, be Lord of my life. Be the one that will make the decisions. I need your help. I need you. We say today, Jesus, take away all of my sin. Cleanse me. Make me new. Make me fresh. Lord, I don't want to have cracks in my foundation. I don't want to be swayed. I don't want to be like a house that's broken and desolate and destroyed. I want to be built on a firm foundation. And I realize today, and I say with my mouth that I know that I need to come to you. I need to hear what you say, and I need to put it into practice. And so, Lord, we say thank you for new life today. We receive it. We thank you, Lord, for all that you're doing. Well, I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. And if you did, I'd like to ask you to subscribe to our show. That way, the most recent episode will always be in your feed, ready when you are. God bless you, and I'll see you next time on the Memphis Tabernacle Podcast.